Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Well, good morning. Thanks for uh, not ignoring your alarm clock or uh, bowing to the loss of sleep. I pray that the Lord will redeem that hour for you. So, I'm always excited about the time change I never liked how it made me feel on a Monday morning, getting up for work and getting all out of the physical habit. Boy, it's sure nice to see the light shine later in the night, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing. Well, we're glad you're with us. I'm excited to share some great truths from God's Word today with everybody. I pray that it blesses you. There was a couple weeks ago, Lori and I came home late and uh, we turned on the TV and uh, there was a show that used to be on years ago. It was called Extreme Home Makeovers. Anybody remember that? Bus driver, move that bus, and it gets all exciting. So evidently, they've, they've redone the show, and it's on again. So Lori goes, hey, do you, you want to watch that? And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's fine. So she turns it on, and we start watching it. And uh, really powerful story. So there's a family called the Barobi family, and they're from the Congo in Africa. So in 2011, a war broke out. And a war broke out, and, and it was an ugly war like most wars are. And so, uh, let me see if I can get his proper pronunciation of his name here. Asher, I think it is. Ashraf. Ashraf is 12 years old, and he's the oldest of four children. He's 12 years old. and. Him and his father farmed together. He said, we, we had a good life because we, we enjoyed our days. It was good. One day, the enemy comes in, comes into the village, and a battle breaks out. And Ashraf, who's only 12 years old, is standing alongside his two sisters, and his mom and dad are there, and their youngest sister. And Ashraf watches something that none of us can probably comprehend. He witnessed his mom and his dad and his baby sister killed. And so he's only 12 years old and he grabs his sisters and he runs off into the jungle and he goes off into a hiding place. The only thing they had was the clothes on their backs. And they go off in the jungle. They go to a hiding place, trying to find a safe place away from the enemy. And somehow, they lived for two months hiding in the jungle. 12 years old, with two younger sisters. And so, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit for the sake of time. They end up in a uh, refugee camp. And they spend three years there. They run into their aunt and a cousin, and their family had been broken apart. And miraculously, they legally and wonderfully end up in the United States, and they're in Salt Lake City, Utah. And that's where the TV show picks up. So, you know, it's amazing what they do. There are thousands, over a thousand volunteers, and all the resources and the money and the heavy equipment and the designers. And they bring it all together and they bring this family here 
and they show them this field, this lot in the city, and they go, this is yours, and we're going to build you a home. And, and literally, a couple of them fall to the ground. They're overwhelmed. And uh, the designer takes him aside, and he says to Ashtaroth, who's probably about, I think he's 19 at this point now, and he says, uh, Ashtaroth, we have all these resources. We, we can build and do things here that you probably have never even imagined. And he says, what do you need for your new home? And this was Ashtaroth's quote. He said one simple thing, just to be safe. All the things, you want a pool? You want a cinema room? <laughs> just to be safe. Today we're gonna to talk about how do we find safety in the presence of the Lord today. So if you would turn your Bibles to Psalms 91, Psalms chapter 91. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, um, I'm thank, thankful for everyone that's come to worship you today. And I pray that you bless them all today. Encourage them from the promises that we're going to read in your word. Lord, your love is so great. And the world can be such a dark place. It can be evil. And we are sometimes just full of sin and doubt. But Lord, I pray today that you will encourage us, that Lord, you'll strengthen our church family here today, and that you'll give them hope for whatever they might face this week and the months and the years to come. We ask these things and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Psalms chapter 91. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I... The Bible, and especially Psalms, is full of just wonderful, powerful scriptures. Amen? Psalms 91 is special. It really is. There are some special things here I'm excited to talk about it today. Verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him, I will trust. So something to keep in mind is talk about the promises that God lists for us here in Psalms 91. Some of these are conditional. You're like, what do you mean conditional? You know, I want to make this real clear. I was talking to a couple brothers in Christ yesterday, and we were just sharing some things. And the reminder came up that God's love is unconditional. I don't care where you are today. I don't care what happened this past week, this past month, so far this year in your life. I don't care what sin has taken place. And whether you are deep in sin right now and living in a bad place, or whether you feel like you're walking closer with the Lord than you ever had, do you know what? God loves you both the same. His love is completely unconditional. That never changes, it never wavers, it's unconditional. But some of these promises, some of the safety, some of the protection that we find in the Lord that he lists here for us, they are conditional. So let's talk about it a little bit. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. So here's part of it. So the safety that you can find in the Lord and the peace that you can find in the Lord, it comes from when we 
dwell with the Lord. Dwelling with the Lord is a lot different than an occasional visit. It's, an, it's a whole lot different than the occasional of, oh, Lord, I really need you today. But you hadn't talked to the Lord for a long time. Dwelling with the Lord is spending time. It's spending time so that your thoughts, your conversations, your prayers, your day, your decisions, the things you're going to face at work, the hammer that you're going to drop on a nail, the family matter that you're not sure what to deal with, you're talking to the Lord about that. And you're trying to say, Lord, reveal to me some of the truths of your word. You're abiding with him. It's not a visitation. That, that's a big difference, and that's part of the conditions that we have here. And the secret place. The secret place, if you look back in the Hebrew, basically, it's just a, it's a shelter. It's a covering. It's a hiding place. Just like Ashraf and his family, they left the danger from the enemy, and they went and hid in a secret place, in a quiet place, in the rest of the jungle, which is not very restful. But God is challenging us here to go to that quiet place. You know why sometimes it's also a secret is when we, when we go to the Lord and you truly dwell in the presence of the Lord, you can, you can experience a peace that to the world who hasn't found the Lord Jesus yet, they don't understand. So to them it seems like a secret. Or to them it seems like it's crazy. But for us who walk with the Lord, there is protection. Second part of verse 1 says, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So again, that dwelling, the shadow of the Almighty. Let me paint a picture real quick. How close is that? So some of you might have experienced it. I think of the scenario of like a, a young son or a daughter with their mom or dad or with a grandparent. Sometimes they walk into an area and there's a bunch of people and that little one is just glued right here, right there. And they're right there and somebody says, hey, who's your shadow? Because that person is so close, that little one is so close, resting in the comfort of their father. And if we're in the shadow of the Lord, it means that God is light. Always remember that. God is light and the darkness will bow to him. God is the greatest source of light. And when we're in his presence, there's a shadow that's cast. And if you're close enough to the Lord, you can touch the person whose shadow you're standing in. And when the winds and the storms and the intense heat of the day come, there's shelter in the shadow. When you dwell with the Lord, there is protection. All right, let's read on here. Well, actually, let's go. Verse 2, I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress my God my, in whom I will trust. So another conditional part here, it says, he is my refuge. God is my refuge. This past week, these past few months, when the enemy comes at you, when you get some anxiety, when you get some depression, when life comes at you and you're tossed about and you're just not sure what to do, what do you go to for your refuge? 
is the first place you go when something happens is to the Lord and you get on your knees or you just quietly pray wherever you're at and say, Lord, I need you. I want, I want to be in your presence. I need you as my refuge. But what happens so often is we want to take refuge in things that we can see and touch. And then we make it worse because sometimes we take our refuge in the things of this world, such as drugs and alcohol, sexual sins, pornography, anything that can just, we feel like it's just going to give us relief for a moment, just a place of refuge. And then often those things that we take refuge in they make our situation a hundred times worse. Where's the protection? It's when God is your refuge. So I want you to think about if I, if I said that today and God wasn't the first place you went, maybe you're struggling with something. Stop. Stop. I don't say, I don't say it from some self-righteous place. I tell myself that. Any sin can beset me just as easily as it does you. My refuge, your refuge, the place we turn, the place we go, our refuge needs to be in the Lord. Amen? Let's read on. Verses three through six. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Verse 3 says, Surely God will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. There's a trap. There are sins that want to trap us. The devil lays in wait. He seeks to destroy us. He wants to ruin your life. And there are traps all around us. There are sins. There are stumbling blocks. There are places where we would want to maybe lose our faith or just do our own thing. I love the uh, visual. Jim, put up, uh, put up what you have there. Uh, Jim really prays over and tries to get uh, something that's significant for our messages, and I really value that. It shows like angel wings over the city of Akron. It's a great visual, and I, I think that's the visual that the Lord's trying to share with us here. It says, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. You guys ever seen, possibly even, not likely live, because not many of us have this opportunity, but on TV or on the internet, you ever seen a, a mighty eagle over its nest? An eagle's nest is huge. It's massive. And I picture when the storm comes and it's windy and the lightning and the rain, and, and I even picture hail and these things that are firing down. And I look at and I see the little eaglets that are in the nest. And I see the father cover the nest with his wings and protect his children. You know, there's one factor there that is still for all of us today. It says, and under his wings, you shall take refuge. It's still a choice. It's still a choice. 
Sometimes I'm a dumb bird. Sometimes I'm a dumb bird and I see the wings and God's protection coming over and I look out from underneath the corner of that wing and I'm like, oh, I think that tree's a better spot for me over there. And I want to go do my own thing. And I leave God's protection. And I leave his shelter. I leave his refuge. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Folks, I shared with you, if you were here several weeks ago, how Lori and I at 1 o'clock in the morning were waking up to someone pounding on our doors. Now, granted, all right, it's not terror, but it's a little unsettling. And yes, our hearts pounded. Yes, it shook us up. But you know, within minutes of that happening, we looked at each other and I said, isn't it beautiful? to have the peace of the Lord because we abide with him to know that we're okay. God's taking care of us. He's sheltering us. We had that moment. God does that. Verse six says, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. Verse three ended in the perilous pestilence. And even if we looked a little bit ahead, um, I think it is verse, let's see here. 10, if you look at the second part of verse 10, it says, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Pastor Brent talked a little bit about the coronavirus, and it is true. You cannot turn on the TV. You cannot go anywhere. It's not talked about. Uh, places of business, everything is being impacted by the coronavirus. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I do know this. I know the hype. I know the viral fear that has been created is far worse than what most of us will ever face from it. It's far worse. And sometimes we just got to realize we got to just trust God. Also, I want you as individuals and as families, part of the power of God's word is just claiming scripture. Psalms 91 is one of those chapters then you need to keep close to your heart and you need to go, Lord, I'm, I want to pray tonight for my family. I want to pray for my home. And Lord, even though there is a pestilence that's going on around me, I pray for your protection. And I, I look at Bonnie back there who's with us today. And Bonnie recovered from terrible leukemia, leukemia and she has to be very careful of germs. But you know what Bonnie said all the way through this? God's got this. God's got this. God is bigger than the coronavirus, folks. Don't live in fear of it. Sometimes our fears are the worst part of the whole thing that we'll ever face from it. All right, let's read on. Verse 7 and 8, it says, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, and it shall not, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. So some of you might have heard this before, but Psalms 91 is also referred to as the soldier's song. So I actually didn't know that before. And so as I was studying, there are countless stories and it reminded me, I've heard them over the years of soldiers, World War I, World War II, many different battles and stuff. Psalms 91 was a part of it. I read stories about commanders or captains of a unit and they would, every day before they would go out, they would read Psalms 91 together. And some of them had the men carry this in their pocket so they could read that God's protection was upon it. And I truly believe 
from what I read, there were many battles that took place. And ironically, God often protected these group of people that claimed God's protection and believed that he would do it far past the other soldiers that were in battle. One thing that's important to keep in mind, <clears throat> you know how I talked about how we, we want to have something to hold on to? You know, today we live in a day of spiritualism. People want to have crystals and they want to have something they could hold on to. And even the Israelites, they wanted to have a, a golden calf, something they could see, something false. There's nothing mystical about this. It's just God's word. And if you look and you pray, claim these scriptures for your life, for your protection and for your safety, all this points that if I want the protection of God, I got to stay under the shelter of his wings. I can be in his shadow. I got to live close with him. I want you to remember that. All right, let's read on. Verse 9 through 13. Because you, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Again, here's another condition. Because you've done it. Only, oh, excuse me. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague, nor shall any coronavirus <laughs> come near your dwelling. Verse 11 says, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. You can stay here or you can just look up at the uh, screen, but I'm going to turn just quickly to Luke chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. I was fascinated by this when I read it. So most of us know the story of when Satan went to tempt Jesus. He spent 40 days out in the wilderness trying to tempt him. And then the Bible in two different um, books of the New Testament, it talks about the three major temptations that the devil tried to betray upon Jesus' life. We're going to talk just about one here. Verse 9 says, And then he, which is the devil, brought him, Jesus, to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And at that time, this was probably the highest point in Jerusalem. The devil puts him up there. He says, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. Now this part freaks me out a little bit when I think about it. And the devil's saying this, for it is written. And he quotes what we just read in Psalms 91. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Do you ever think the devil would use scripture? He does. He will take any truth of God and he will twist and he will deceive and he will create a lie because he wants to destroy our lives and he took the holy scriptures that are made for us and a promise for the Lord and he tried to use them against Jesus wow that should wake all of us up it's all around us and we have to be careful. We have to walk so close with the Lord that when something that sounds good and seems like it's the right thing, we need to prayerfully be so close to the Lord that we know something's not quite right. You know, I was thinking about it, and we know that 
the devil used scripture because he, he wanted to try to have Jesus fall. And I, I thought as I was praying and studying, I was like, I wonder, I wonder if the devil used Psalms 91 because over the years, he saw so many faithful people, so many faithful children of God go to Psalms 91 and claim the promises that are there and just pray over it. Say, Lord, protect me and my family. I need, to, I need to walk closer with you, and they do. And the devil saw so many people where he had plans, and he had this thing, and he wanted to destroy them. He wanted to bring sickness in their life. He wanted to defeat them. He wanted them to lose their faith. And they went to Psalms 91, and they claimed the promises, and they believed it, and God's protection deflected the arrows of the devil. And he thought he had a moment that he was going to destroy somebody. And God protected him. And for that reason, he probably hated that passage. And he's like, man, if I could just quote scripture and get Jesus to fall, all that'll be forgotten. Right? Maybe so. How did the Lord respond? Verse 12, and Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus answered him with scripture. But he took it in context. The devil took it out of context. And you often think, well, so I used to think, well, what would have been the problem if Jesus did just jump off there and had the angels save him? We know he could do it. And then Jesus' response kind of clarifies that. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. The devil took scripture, quoted it, but he misrepresented it. If I, if I tell you today and I share with you and we read these scriptures and we believe that God would save us from the coronavirus, if we believe that God will save us from leukemia, if we believe those things, we also got to be smart about it. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't go to a place where the coronavirus is all spread through and lick the doorknobs. That's tempting the Lord your God. He's going to go, what are you doing? Don't tempt the Lord your God. Let's read on. Verse 14, because he has set his love upon me. Now, here's the change in the chapter. Now, this is, almost, this is God who's speaking now. And he's talking to the person who has dwelt within the Lord. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. It's conditional still. It says, because he set his love upon me. Being obedient to Christ is not about following rules. It's not about looking a certain way, dressing a certain way. It's about loving the Lord Jesus. When we truly love the Lord and seek to know him, and when I say seek to know him, it's not intellectually. It's with your heart. It's a spiritual thing. And when we cast our love on God, he said, I'll deliver you. It's a promise. Here's another part. 
I will set him on high because he has known my name. And why would you, why would God say that? Because the person that he's talking about here has prayed the name. Today we would pray the name of Jesus over and over. He hears it from us. He hears our prayers. That's part of the condition. And I will answer him. Verse 15. We don't like to think about this, but it says, I will be with him in trouble. Folks, I'm sorry. <laughs> trouble will come. The enemy will come into your village. Pestilence will be surrounded by you. Some of you here are going to face even more trouble because of your sincere, honest faith in God. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? I kind of like the protection part here, but what about all this trouble? Well, here's what God promises. I will be with him. God's going to be with you in your time of trouble. We think back to Joseph in the Bible. And a lot of you don't know, and I've just started to understand it even more recently. The story of Joseph in the Bible is kind of an illustration of Jesus in the New Testament. Joseph didn't do anything wrong. He was sold into slavery. He was cast into prison. But you know what Joseph did? He dwelt with the Lord. He walked in God's shadow. And what did God do? God not only delivered Joseph... He honored him. He honored him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I want to take you back now to the TV show. And this home has been built. And I don't care where you've lived, how God's blessed you, this home was sweet. It is really nice. And none of, there isn't anybody here to say, oh, I'd like to live there. The bus moves. The family sees the home. They go through all of it. It's beautiful. Every modern convenience, every technology, every beautiful thing is there. And Ashraf... After he's seen it all and he's seen his sisters smile and all the joy that was there, they asked me, said, what do you think of all this? What goes through your mind now that you're living in this home? Here was his exact words. Ashraf stated, it was a difficult journey, but now my family is safe. That's all that mattered. It was a difficult journey, but now my family is safe. Folks, in this life, you will have trouble. There will be difficulty. John 16, says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen? You're going to have troubles in life. They're always going to be around. But if you abide, if you dwell in the presence of God, and you seek him out in the small things, and you look for his wisdom, and you ask for his help, he has promised that he will keep you safe. Amen? Praise team, if you would come up.
We'll begin to uh, pray here as we close our service. Today, church family, I know when I look out here, there are so many things that you're facing, so many things you're going through. And um, one of the basic needs, one of the basic desires that we all desire in our life, the way God made us, is we just want to feel safe. So today, if you're not taking refuge in the Lord, if he's not the first place that you go to, I pray that today you'll just make a decision to say, Lord, I'm going to start going to you first. I'm going to make you my refuge. And I'm going to find my security and my peace and my safety in you. Today I'm also going to say, I'm a visual person, so picture this with me just a moment. Picture big, open, massive area. And there's a field on one side, and there's a forest, and there's jungle. And on this side, there might be a sea, and there's a fortified city. And in this fortified city, there's big walls. And there's a strong tower where the king lives. And maybe, maybe today, you're out in the field of life, or you're out being tossed in the seas of life. And you're like... Maybe for you, maybe you're in a place where things aren't so bad and you're just kind of coasting going, I'm all right, I'm getting through life. Or maybe, maybe you're in total despair. Maybe you don't even know how you're going to get through today, how you're going to get through next week. And possibly, just like in a great kingdom with a loving king who wants to take care of his people, you're standing on the outside and intellectually you go, I know the good king, I know him. He lives in that fortified tower there in the city. But you've never, never surrendered. You never said, Lord, I want to let you be the Lord of my life. I want to surrender my life. And I'm going to come to you and I'm going to knock on your door and invite you to come into my heart. Family, that's when you get to know who Christ is. That's when you get to dwell in the shadow of God Almighty. And that's where you have safety, not only in this life with all the troubles we have, but you have safety for eternity forevermore. Amen? Let's stand. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we read your word today, it's as if Lord, you wrote letters or you just spent the time to say, I am going to give this to the people that came in City Church and so many other believers across the world, across all of time, so that I can tell them how they can find safety, how they can find peace, how they can find protection. Lord, I pray that today, Psalms 91 would mean more to us today than it did before. And that, Lord, we will be drawn to you to find our protection and our hope in you today. Lord, I pray for those today who just like any of us, they've tried to find refuge in other things and they're hurting and it's not working out and it's made things worse. 
I pray that today they would say, I want to turn away from that. And I want to take refuge in God alone. Give them the courage to just turn from that and turn to you today. I pray for that. And Lord, if there's someone here today and maybe they acknowledge that you exist, but they're outside of the walls of your safety and protection. Lord, you might be knocking on the walls of their heart today. And all they need to do is just come forward to pray and say, Lord, come into my life and save me forevermore. I pray that they might come today. We ask these things and we pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.